Talk Battle Rap Podcast. I am your host, France. Normally, this is the Battle Rap Podcast of New York, but I guess for now, it's the Battle Rap Podcast of Tampa. Yes, are you excited? Smack Volume 5 weekend. It's Smack Volume season. For the last three Decembers, 2017, 2018, 2019, we closed the year off with a Smack Volume card. And it's honestly one of my favorite cards of the year. It's one of my favorite series. It's just that feel, right? Like that that exclusive pay-per-view feel. You invite the friends over, order some pizza, you get some wings. You know, you, you get your vice, whatever, of your choice. You're chilling around your peoples. And you enjoy some good content, some good battles. All the Smack Volume battles are always filled with good rapping, competitive, uh, aggressive, you know, atmosphere, and every single Smack Volume card comes with storylines, every single one of them, and I think that's my favorite thing about it, more importantly, the the, the placement of the year for a Smack Volume card always kind of has somebody in the contentions of a champion of the year, you know what I mean? Like, it'll always have somebody that's in the top five. So, it, it, a lot of chips are riding on this always. So, you know, we... Smack Volume 3, we got to do a deep dive one day about that card. Because that card had four guys in the top five. And that was, like, literally, like, one of those weeks in the NFL where four teams are chasing a, a wild card to get into the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And And... If this team wins, this team does this team, it could have changed the entire rankings of everything. And Smack Volume 5 is kind of maybe in that same ballpark, more or less, right? So we got Smack, but this Smack Volume is a little different. It's a two-day Smack Volume card. You guys know how the monologue pods go. Uh, I normally break things down, but since I got a two-day card, a total of 15 battles, I'm going to try to uh, run through all these for you guys. I'll probably give a minute or two analysis and my thoughts on each battle. Shout out to the team. These guys always duck the smoke. Shouts to Vlad ducking the prediction smoke. I was trying to get him on a podcast all week, man. The man been ducking me. If y'all listening to this, y'all go at Program V on Twitter. Ask him why is he ducking the prediction smoke. Please and thank you. <laughs> Let's start with this. Ace Amin versus Swamp. Wow. Incredible. These two guys make history. Being the the second and third rapper to do a proving ground battle and a volume series battle in the same year, their battle is bigger than just them battling themselves. They're actually battling the whole card. They're proving that their era and can really withstand be on the card with like a Sousur for DNA, a Verb, a Arsenal, a Chess, a Rum. You know what I mean? And these are the two. This is one A one B. For 2019, if you're talking about Rookie of the Year, Breakout Performance of the Year, Peaches of the Year, these are the guys right here. Ironically, this is both their third battle out the PGs, them battling each other. And I think this environment obviously caters to Ace more. Ace is the more rapper's rapper kind of guy. You know, he's more lyrical. But being in this room, you can rap as long as you want, right? You can you can have the crowd into your lyrics. You can have the crowd deep into your material. That can be condensed, right? But that can completely be negate, negated by a moment. And Swamp is capable of having moments. Swamp is capable of like just just leaving the round with what you remember the most. He has that base in him. But I I, I do think again this is, environment is going to cater more to Ace than it would to Swamp. 
So I'm expecting Ace to actually close this battle out. Uh, two on Edge. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's any other way around. But uh, overall, I just want them to have a really good battle. They're both. This is both their first, I think, pay-per-view battle too. So that's major. The whole world's going to be watching them. There's eyes on them. This might be a Goonie room, you know. Some of the smack volume rooms have been a concern in the past, but that's no problem for Swamp. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Um, I just want them to have a real good battle so they can show everybody on this card that they can compete and they can be on these high levels. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if they have a better battle than some of the battles on this card, but the rest of the card is stacked. So on the projection scale, it's not supposed to be better than most, but hey, you never know. Geechee Gotti versus O-Red. Champion on champion crime. We've been uh, requesting this for quite some time. Smack Volume 4, the beginning of 2019, was the first card in history. They had two champions of the year on it. I think that might have been the only card, really, they've been together since both they, uh, both these guys have won a champion of the year. Now you can really stop and dissect their their, their 2017 versus O-Red's 2017 versus Geechee Gotti's 2018. You know, O-Red had those five battles. Shine, uh, Show Off, Big K, Briz, Av, and Geechee Gotti. Boy, Geechee Gotti had three champions of the night. Uh, he's had 10-plus battles. He had a lot of little battles on a lot of smaller leagues, but, you know, he had the JC battle, the tag battle, rest in peace, Shotgun Shug battle, the T-Top battle, the K-Shine battle, A-Ward, the two-on-two with beat out against Marvin Quest. Like, if you're going to sit here and say who had a better champion of the year run, off volume alone, and because Geechee Gotti kind of has some accolades and stats to kind of add by his name, plus the headliners, and... and more importantly, he did take a loss at some point in his year and bounce back from it. He had the better run, you know. I, I and I think that's this, well, this with no disrespect to Orex. Orex is going to be the first champion of the year ever. So in ten years from now, when you have ten different champions, Orex will be the first on that list. Always, he made history. But I do think if you're comparing the two runs. Obviously, there's going to be more of a hybrid as it keeps continuing because the bar gets set higher. And so whoever's champion of the year this year, you're probably going to look back and say, well, whoever won it this year had a better run than Geechee in 2018. And whoever wins it in 2020, you're going to say had a better run than the person in 2019. So I, I think it's set up that way. Geechee Gotti is just on a roll. Honestly, he's in another position yet again where he's on a volume card. After being probably a top three champion of the year candidate with a chance to close out after with, with a battle the week prior, battling Big T the week before this. Insane. Absolutely insane. I think he realizes what's at stake. I'm not concerned with his workload. He's full-time battle rapper. He's a full-time artist. He knows what he's doing. You could say Geechee does battle a lot. and some battles, the fatigue shows, but... He knows when to turn it up for a round, and then he can get on cruise control for the next two. And even when he's on cruise control, he's really good. So I think this is him realizing, wow, I could put the nail in the coffin. I could hit the game winner, the buzzer beater, you know what I'm saying? Close the deal, whatever analogy you want to use. If I have a crazy performance against Old Red, or if I have one of those rounds like I did against Tay Rock against Old Red in this volume series. 
if I do that, everybody's going to add it on to the, the body of work that I already have this year, which is immaculate, incredible, and even better than what I did in 2018. And it's probably going to put the nail in the coffin. And I think he realizes he, he smells blood. Old Red definitely coming off a bad performance with Danny, so his bar is low, and it's going to be easy for him to have a good performance again. But I think Geechee smells blood, and Geechee uh, takes the win. New Jersey twerking Ave. Um, exciting, thrilling. Goonie versus Cave Gang, that's always a good thing. Wow. Um, this is one of those small room terrors that you just say to yourself, like, are we finally going to get 100% New Jersey twerk? I think twerk's taking it again another pure puncher in a small room like Rum Nitty. They, deep down in his mind, he knows. All right, I'm anxious about this battle. I'm nervous and I'm a little fearful because in the words of New Jersey twerk verbatim, when Av battled Glue Easy, twerk tweeted out, Av is a demon. <laughs> And this is a battle that I could definitely could have seen on a gnome stage. Would have been a, a treat on a gnome stage. But, hey, even in the small room, is just as excellent. Av is uh, undefeated, in my opinion, in the volumes. And Twerk is arguably one of the kings of the volumes. Hasn't missed a series yet. Hasn't missed an event in this series yet. So, listen, man. This is B-O-T-N written all over it. Expect one of those explosive New Jersey Twerks. I personally think... When you look at Twerk's trajectory in Volume 1 through Volume 4, you can literally see him getting better. Volume 1 against JC doesn't even use a strap then and has an immaculate performance. Against Verb, has a heroic comeback in a, in, in a moment. And an all-time third round when, when it's all said and done, I think. You know, when I think a couple years when the age is a little more, you're going to say that's a top 25 third round. That's a top 25 third round on your row. And I, I, and I, and I am okay saying that now. We'll probably look back in the future and maybe even rank it higher. Might even be top 15. But that's for another discussion another day. Then volume three, him and Rum were on par to have the battle of the year before their little scuffle. And then against Charlie Clips, he has one of the best rounds of his career. So, and Av is obviously another guy that's in contention for champion of the year. He's been the top candidate all year before the ill will battle hasn't lost a round. And obviously a puncher like this is much better and more comfortable in the small environment. So um, I can't call it, guys. I'm sorry to be politically correct on this one. I, I kind of can't call it. But I will say um, if you if you put a gun in my head and made me make a decision, I'm going to go with Twerk, Edge, but only because he has more tricks in the arsenal than Av. No pun intended. Rum Nitty and Chilla Jones. I got to be honest with you guys. I, this might not be the, the most popular thing to say. This might not be the, the right thing to say. I am concerned for Chilla Jones. Now, shout out to Chilla Jones. This is probably going to be his fifth Rider Block battle. He's battled Danny. He's battled JC. He's battled Magic. Battle Big Cannon. Um, who else from Rider's Block? Because he's battled, man. Um, yeah, so there, there's four. And then Rum Nitty's going to be the fifth. So, you know, black on black crime is always a treat for the lyrical miracles, the guy that loves the pens. Uh, Shouts to Tim. He's going to deconstruct this. He's going to love writing the lyrics to it. People are going to love reading the lyrics to it. But Chilla Jones just doesn't have that bass that Rum Nitty has in a small room. 
Rum Nitty's explosive, and you're you're almost guaranteed Rum Nitty to be explosive in a small room. Well, I think Chilla Jones is going to get a lot of reactions where it's kind of like, hmm, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to have the crowd, like, you know, intrigued by his pen, as where Rum Nitty's going to have the crowd <laughs> emerged with what he's writing. Uh, it, it really just comes down to who punches harder, and I, and I think that's a simple answer. <clears throat> and I think that's going to really affect the momentum for Chilla Jones. It's going to be a battle on camp that's going to be way closer than it will be in the building. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I'm going with Rum Nitty, who I think is the king of the volume series, in my opinion, has the best battles in him. And this is a special battle for Rum, honestly. Rum's been calling Chilla Jones out since 2013. <clears throat> Fortunately, that battle should happen on King of the Dot. You guys know how I feel about that. I'll get to that rant another day. But now it's happening on URL, and this this might be just one of those battles where Rum's like, you know what? I've been calling you out for years. Should have took me when you had the chance, because now you don't stand a chance. And Rum's actually been doing a little bit of promo for the battle, which has been kind of fun to see, a little interesting. I'm just like, wow, okay, Rum Nitty promoting, uh, clowning Chilla Jones here and there. Maybe he tries something new. <clears throat> Maybe he experiments a little bit, but... He is com- he is completely comfortable in this in this environment. It's actually a very dangerous environment to take him. And I seen Chilla Jones versus Steams, which happened the exact same day of, of Rum Nitty versus Twerk. It was all in the same day, same room. Let me just say this: the Rum Nitty that battled Twerk that day would have really wiped the floor with the Chilla Jones that battled Steams that day. So I'm going with Rum Nitty two one. Um, Austin Lynchess. Arsenal and Chess is not the battle that I think everyone is projecting, right? Like, it's really easy right now to just put your chips on Chess, right? Chess is having one of the, not even one of the best, this is the best the best career year in battle rap. Arsenal's coming off the Cassidy battle, a nasty battle. He's coming off the Av loss, bad loss against Av. So when you look at their recent performances, it's very easy to just say Arsenal's going to lose. But I feel like Arsenal has the perspective and views Chess the same way he views Twerk and Geechee. And those two battles showed me something about Arsenal. It showed me when Arsenal wants to turn the switch on and be the elite battle rapper that he is, he can be and he will be. And I don't think he would take this battle, especially in this environment, if he didn't view Chess that way. And Chess is not that far apart from uh, uh Twerk and Geechee. They all battle. In fact, all four of these guys have battled now once this battle is complete. So I'm actually expecting Arsenal to beat Chess, believe it or not. I might be in the minority of this because Chess is hot. Strike strike the iron wall is hot. And maybe Chess closes out the year really strong with this one as well. But I, listen, Arsenal is an all-timer. And there's times you know when these guys are going to turn on the switch or not. You know when these guys are going to get up for a certain battle. This is one of those battles he's going to get up for, especially for the fact that Chess has been doing good. I feel like you don't take these guys without trying to produce. Like, Chess, Torgichi, they're very popular, hot names. You don't take these guys unless you're trying to produce good content with these guys as well because you know these guys are going to bring whatever they bring. They're killers, and if you're lacking, they're going to take advantage of you for because they're they're fan favorites they can be explosive when they want to and and they're they're still reaching their prime you know what i'm saying arsenal on the other hand is like you know what 
I'm self-aware of the situation. Like, the Av battle, let's be honest, he didn't really want to battle Av. He tried to take Av on UW. He tried to take Av elsewhere off URL. And he got bodied, no excuse. But you can clearly see from the way he prepared for Av, he wasn't motivated for Av. The Cassidy battle, the same thing Good said. Like, they both felt like they didn't have to be at 100% to beat Cassidy. Chess isn't Chess is not Cassidy. And I guess... Arsenal doesn't view Chess the same way he views Av. So, that's how I see it. Arsenal 2-1. Sue Surfing read dollars. Um, let me tell you something about this, man. It's very easy to say Surf 30. But when you say Surf 30, my next question is, who has Surf 30 I can't answer it. Surf is a brand guy. He, I won't call him a cherry picker. Because a lot of his matches, he takes their opponents at their prime or at their peak. So he has difficult battles. But he knows to make sure to pick a battle that the optics look good and the style complements what he's going to do. Because Serve doesn't necessarily like large competitive gaps. He likes it where you make him work and there's some kind of value in both ends where like you could be a fan of surf, but you come in there and also be a fan of the other battle rapper. You could be a fan of the other battle rapper, but you also become a fan of surf. Like surf, that's what surf likes. All of his battles are like that. Or at least all of his really good battles are like that. So Reed dolls is somebody he looked up to somebody. He called out originally back in the day. It's a little bit of history, nothing too deep, but when surf called out Reed, Reed declined because Surf wasn't big enough of a name. Oh, how the tables have turned and how time changes. I do think he still believes Reed complements his style better than the John John and the Cortez and the JC. So I can agree with that there. Like Reed and Surf stylistically would just make a better collaboration than, Reed, than Surf and John, Surf and Core, Surf and JC. Doesn't mean I don't want to see those battles more. I'm just saying. For the style of rap these two guys have, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the Reed Dollars thing, I know we've been saying for a long time, like, oh, well, this is the one for Reed, this is the match for him. Like, we gave him a home game against Shine. He still he looked better. He wrote uphill, so that's a, he showed good qualities, but completely got outclassed. He beat a Rex that really anybody could have beat that night. So I get it. We're probably losing our patience with Reed to the point where we're saying he just doesn't have it. Can he really adapt in this era? Is is he really able to be competitive, especially against a guy like Surf? I don't know. I will say this much: this environment is the best setting you're gonna put him in for that for that flavor, because putting him in a in a small room in Philly on a small league in Philly is not necessarily the same as putting him in a smack volume. I'm sorry, it's just not. I, and don't ask me to try to describe you the difference. It, it, the, the pressure is different on URL. It just is, especially when, you, when you're battling a Sioux Surf in a small room versus a Rosenberg Raw in a small room. No disrespect to Ro- Rosenberg Raw. But the pressure is different. The competition is different. I do think Reed gets around. Reed has a very low bar because everybody thinks he's going to lose clearly or lose 3-0. So if Reed stays competitive... He shocks the world, and everybody's like, oh, well, I, this is Rambo Reed. I knew it. Surf, on the other hand, I, I just, Surf doesn't dirty anybody. He doesn't like to dirty anybody. He likes good content. So I'm still picking Surf to win because I feel like Surf's made that career switch after um his incident. And, you know, 
I don't want to even get into the details, but I just want to say he had a real revelation of his career and his life. And he realized the stigma that he was growing on himself with, like, the choking and how it was kind of a blemish towards his career. He didn't want to take it serious. And with Geechee, like, I mean, like, he, like he didn't want that, like, blemish on his career. So he started taking things serious. And with Geechee, you can see that. And it's, it's, it's evident that, like, now this is a brand new surf that's going to take every single battle 110%. I do think he'll kick up his feet a little bit for, for Reed. So he might underestimate him a bit. And this might be the day where, you know, all it takes is one punch. <laughs> Don't expect this to not be a competitive battle. That's all I'm saying. Serve 2-1. And A-Verb and DNA. Man, I'm excited for A-Verb and DNA. I am excited. But I can't help but feel this is DNA's battle to win. DNA had a career high performance against Mickey Fax. I was in the building for Volume 3. Normally, I like to watch the volumes at the crib, but that one I had to be in the building for Volume 5. I will be home for. And when I was watching DNA versus Mickey, like, you got to understand, I've been watching DNA for 10 years. All I thought to myself was, this is the best DNA I've ever seen. And he thinks that that's the best DNA he's ever seen. And even Verb that, that day was front row center, was impressed with what DNA was doing. And DNA... Arguably outwrapped or outwrote uh, Mickey Fax in the small room. Now, I'm not saying Mickey Fax is more lyrical than Verb. Verb is more battle tested. But DNA did the impossible. And Verb's battle in the in the volume, you know, he had the low bass. He was quiet. Mr. Okinagawa. I don't know if that's enough with a DNA that's very ramped and very motivated. And how. How rare is it that you see DNA really won a battle? DNA fished for this battle. Blogs at his baby showers. Interviews. promo, Back and forth on a timeline. Champion. You name it. Like, he really wanted the Aver battle. And he got it. What I think for Verb, though, is that Verb just came off of Mook and Lux. So he has to kind of keep that same level of competitiveness and, and level of performance. Because he can't just come off a of battle in those two guys and looking crazy in this next battle. It'll, 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 look, it'll be bad. But, boy, let me tell you something, man. You can feel it from the screen. You can feel it from the interviews. DNA just wants this battle more. I will say if DNA comes with a bunch of angles or too much gay bars, it'll be cringy. And it'll definitely leave an opening for Verb to win. So I hope DNA does not do that. Or limits it at the very least because overdoing something like that is just, I don't know, it's just, it's not a good taste. It doesn't feel effective against an A-verb. And besides, you, you think verb is lyrical, you want to out-rap verb, right? And I also think verb style doesn't cater to chain punches. Like, think about it. Like, when K-Shine had that breakout performance against him on the stage, that was K-Shine's chain punch in that, I, I, I won't say at its peak, but the, the real birth of it, honestly. And it's gotten better from there. And that verb died to K-Shine. DNA right now is at that same pace with the chain punching. Which is also why I think Verb won't battle Av. He talks shit to Av all the time. I don't think he'll ever take the battle. I don't think he has nothing to say to Av. And Av will chain punch him to death. So I think that kind of style also is a weakness for Verb. Listen, DNA wants it more. I think the styles go against what Verb style is. And um, regardless, even if you have Verb beating Mook and Lux, 
he definitely was on his legs, his last legs on his way out. That's without a doubt. But on his way out, he definitely accomplished some great, great features. And no matter what's the outcome, he'll still always be an all-time great. But I just think DNA wants it more. DNA 2-1. And that's day one for me. All right, we're going to go through day two real quick. I'll give you my thoughts on each battle. Uh, Kid Chaos and Craig Lamar <laughs> should be a cherry pick for, for Kid Chaos. I, um, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Craig Lamar, but until I can see two battles in a row where he doesn't choke th- two out of the three rounds, I'm not going to have the confidence in his ability. I don't care how talented he is. He needs to execute. Kid Chaos is a guy that's starting to get those JC comparisons. And I guess stylistically it makes sense, but I feel like this is a punching bag test. This is a test to see if Kid Chaos could beat Craig Lamar, clearly. If he could elevate to the next level. That's how I feel about it. It will be a very upset if Kid Chaos does not beat Craig Lamar. And it'll be a very more upset if he doesn't beat Craig Lamar, Craig Lamar chokes. So this is a good test to see if where Kid Chaos is at at a competitive level to know, okay, does he need to turn it up? Is he ready for that next if he's is he ready for that next leap? But I'm going with Kid Chaos. A lot of Zay and Deuce. Um, I'm happy to see a lot of Zay back on URL. A lot of Zay is an underrated pen guy. And his battles this year, Gates of the Garden, Black Eyes. Uh, he had a battle with Bullpen against Street Hems. I think that was 2018, but it dropped this year. Listen, man. A lot of Zay is a writer. A lot of Zay is a writer. So you're going to get some good content from him. And he hasn't been on URL in years. Hey, listen. A lot of Zay is the guy that put J-Dose in the vault. All right, so I'm expecting a, a, a awesome performance from him, and more importantly, I forgot to mention this: Smack Volume Five Day Two is not in the volume room. It's actually on the stage. It's in Pegasus Lounge, the same lounge where Born Legacy is at. So we can't even really call this a volume card. I guess uh, it feels weird, but whatever. A lot of Zay's more experienced. A lot of Zay hasn't been on Smack. I'm going with a lot of Zay Two One. We also got Prez Mafia versus Lou Castro. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a real mirror match, but Lou Castro is that guy that's really trying to work his way to get some more plates. Honestly, so I have I, I believe in his hunger more than I believe in Prez Mafia's potential. Because Prez, at the end of the day, is just if he can get in that bag, <laughs> and I've seen him if he can get in that bag, and I've actually seen him get in good bags sometimes and still lose. So I'm going with Luke Castro. Passing Don Marino was a very shocking match for for my standards. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? We got Jerry West. I mean, we got Pass versus Don Marino battle. Like, congratulations to Don Marino on getting his plate. Like, this is a really big battle for Don. Like, he's battling the Oakland legend. And on the flip side, you'll probably say, well, this battle's below Pass's pay grade. Well, this is what I'll say to that. Pass has not had good performances on URL. So... You only deserve what you accept. So if this was offered to pass and he thought this was a good battle to take, who are we to discredit it? Who are we to say Don Marino doesn't deserve this? And who are we to say that pass deserves better, right, I guess? But I will say this, though, man. Pass is coming off body and Danny Myers. And boy, oh, boy, that, that momentum is going to carry on over, especially for the fact you think about he hasn't had a good performance on URL yet. He's he's due for one. He's absolutely due for one. And I hate it had to be Don. I'm going with pass. Jerry West and Gluizy. 
look, I know I just talked about battles and people deserving certain things, but I'm just concerned, man. I'm concerned because I feel like we care more about Jerry West's career than he does himself. If you've been following Jerry West in 2019, you know for a fact he should have been like on day one. He should be battling the JC. This guy is, this guy has the talent and 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 the skill set to compete on a gnome, compete on a summer madness. And I'm not even trying to like cape for Jerry West or anything, but I, I'm ready for him to take that next leap. Like he has a Charlie Clips like ceiling, and it just he's and he's witty. He's funny. He has all these things he can do. He can punch. He can freestyle. He can rebuttal. He can make you laugh. He can paint a picture. He gets uh, theatrical. He has props. He can low-key angle. But he doesn't promo. And he has no presence online. It's as if this guy has a Blackberry or something. With the Blackberry with the trackball. <laughs> I don't get it. And, you know, because of that, you know, how far can you take talent when it doesn't work hard? You know, and I'm not saying Jerry West does not work hard. I'm just saying he needs to step up his marketing because without it, you won't be able to put him in any of these situations for big plates. Louise, on the other hand, is somebody that's getting that's gotten multiple opportunities, but has just dropped the ball. Dropped the ball against Suge last year, then choked against Rada. I guess he peaked against Av. It was really good, but showed that he can't compete at that high level. Um, choked against JC. Like, you know. After having so many fuck-ups, you can expect a good Gluezy. I just hope that Jerry West shows that I shouldn't be at this level. You know, that's all I can hope for. That Jerry West has one of those performances that says, well, Glue was good, but I showed that I am a level above this. And that's where I'm at with that. Um, Jerry West 2-1. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. Again, I'm not happy about it at all. But, hey, it is what it is. Shotgun Shug versus Snake Eyes. Congratulations to Snake Eyes for getting this look. He's coming off of two battles off your uh, off the URL app. It just dropped, I think, this past two weeks. The Mike P battle and the Chef Trez battle. Unfortunately, consensus might say he's. You know, we gotta we have to define what consensus is. We're gonna talk about that another day. But reading through the comments, <laughs> it would look like Snake Eyes lost both those battles. But he did. He's done good enough to say. Throw him the opportunity. Let's see if he sinks or swims. Man, Shotgun Shook 2019, in my opinion, hasn't been one of the best years for him. It might actually be one of his worst or one of his second worst years in his career to date. He's good for a round. He stumbled and fumbled a lot. And so I'm concerned if Shotgun Shook can turn it up for all three rounds. That's a, that's a fair concern to have. It's a valid question to have as well when you look at everything he's done this year. And statistically, we just did the the, the analytics episode this past week with Tim. Shotgun Shook has the worst record on the app. He's 1-6 in all of his app battles. And I get it, the app scorecard is doesn't always tell the truth, but it paints a narrative. And let's just say I don't think the narrative is too inaccurate. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Snake Eyes condensing his material. He's a prisoner of his own content where... He almost overwraps to the point where he can lose a round. I don't want to see a seven and a half minute round from Snake Eyes. His first round against Ace was damn near 20 minutes. I don't want to see that again. I want to see him be able to condense it and take advantage. And um, I feel like since he's battling the shotgun, Shug, somebody who has so many special moves, 
he has to get in a little more of a creative bag. So I'm looking forward to that. And every now and then, Snake Eyes will give you one of those really dope punchlines. So hopefully Snake Eyes condenses his material, gets a little bit more creative, and keeps sharpening the pen. I actually think Snake Eyes is going to edge this out. So that's where I'm at with it. Big T and Franchise. Wow. Um, Big T coming off the Danny Myers battle a few weeks ago. Had a round that he couldn't complete. I did not see Big T versus Geechee Gotti, but my sources in the building let me know that Big T choked the round. And I think if you choke around against a guy like Geechee Gotti, you're probably not going to win the battle. Um, it is a fair question if Big T still has the endurance. Big T is definitely past his prime. And, you know, th- these are things we already kind of know about Big T. So, but I'm happy he's still active and I'm happy he's also giving these guys looks and shots. Because no matter what you say, this is the greatest battle rapper to come out of Chicago, even if he's not in his prime. So Big T is still Big T. But Franchise is just so rapid. And the year Franchise had battling the Av, a JC, a Danny Myers, a Chef Trez, like those are all names that are more competitive and more difficult in 2019 than a Big T. So I don't think Franchise is going to struggle with a Big T, especially if this is how he closes off the year. Um, this is an opportunity for him to probably get another one of those wins or good performances where it says, okay, the franchise uh, indicator continues to rise. We're still in on franchise. The stock price goes up, right? And he's just too he's just too rapid for Big T. Like, Big T is going to be way too slow-paced for somebody that's punching every other two, four bars. So that's where I'm at with him going with franchise 2-1. Big T gets a round off respect. Swave 7 and Ryder. Congratulations to Ryder for having its first URL headliner. Um, I'm running out of time here, so I don't want to take too long. But I will say this. This is Swave's first battle after his father's passing away. So I know there's going to be a lot of passion and pain and emotion into his pen. Um, it's going to be special. It's definitely going to be special. I, there's a little backstory there, and I've seen Swave put a halt to a lot of people's careers. But looking over Swave's couple last battles, as of recently, the beat out battle, the bad news battle, he doesn't keep that same intensity for a full three rounds. Like, you'll have one round where he kind of figures it all out, and the next two rounds kind of diverges away from that game plan. I'm not sure if this is the battle where it clicks. And he does, and he doesn't do that, you know. But going off of recent data, it's just kind of like you, you got you, you know what you know what to do to win. Why aren't you doing it? You know, like I felt like the beat out battle. He kind of neutralized beat out in the first round, getting aggressive and punching and 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 setting the tone and and letting people know like he's not backing down from whatever beat out is trying to throw at him. Then the next round, he also defuses beat out with a little bit of humor. But then he overdoes it and kind of like evacuates from his game plan. And then with the bad news battle, he did a lot of talking through the rounds. And sometimes Swave does that where he'll talk through your rounds and have bad sportsmanship. And I kind of don't want to see him do that. Like he's a veteran and he's an OG. Like I, I want him to be a little bit more professional on the stage when he does those kind of things. So I'm expecting one round where he puts a lot of pressure on Ryder. But I just want, I, I, it's a fair concern for me to say, will he, will he deviate from his plan 
or will he stay on course once he figures something out and knows what's clicking? Ryder, on the other hand, I, I feel like, listen, Ryder's one of these guys who push into a corner. Eventually, at one point in time, he's just going to snap. We don't know what we don't know what performance is going to be. We don't know where it's going to happen, but it, I think it's bound to happen where he kind of just it clicks for him and he goes back into PG Ryder or even better. And this might be the one because there's a lot of pressure where it's like they're questioning him <laughs> if he can even be in front of Swave and this is almost kind of like a grudge match for Ryder in a sense. This is the closest thing you're going to get to a, a Ryder grudge match right now. So a lot is on the line for him. Um, typical one, two, three, four haymaker is not going to work all three rounds. I do trust that he has thought this one through, and I think he will actually outsmart Swave Seven. Believe it or not, it might sound crazy. I'll take the L if I'm wrong, but I, I do think Swave deviates from his plan sometimes, and I'm not sure if he has it for a full three. And this is the one time I feel like Rod is extra calculated and is going to figure it out. So I'm going with Rod. Unpopular opinion, but I'm going with Rod 2-1. And there you have it. Smack Volume Day 1, Smack, uh, Smack Volume 5 Day 1, Smack Volume 5 Day 2. And I'm signing out.